This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. on the show before a, a friend of mine somebody who's done a lot of stuff at Fox with Dr. Phil and somebody who used to be host of a show called The Locator Troy Dunn is executive producer and host of a new show called Last Hope with Troy Dunn it actually premieres tomorrow September 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time more than a pleasure to have back on the show Troy Dunn host of Last Hope with Troy Dunn hey Troy how you doing good afternoon happy hump day um, thank you Leslie it's always fantastic to talk to the queen of talk radio oh i love it i love it i love it i didn't even have to send you a check for that thank you troy <laughs> no listen I, this, I mean you're always doing so great at sharing issues with people i just wonder how many people even know like your entire background and history i mean do people understand what a pioneer you were do, they, oh. do people remember you jumping in behind tom snyder and oh. back when nobody did that I thank mean, you and thank you for knowing that reading my bio yes when dinosaurs roamed the earth right troy <laughs> No, listen, I know more than your bio. I know too much about you. You know, the last, I'm, I'm in another city almost every day right now because we're shooting Last Hope, and I feel like the last four stops have been like the Leslie Marshall career tour because I don't know the order that you were in all your places, but I'll be in Miami tomorrow. But in the last 10 days, I was in Sacramento. I was in Los Angeles. I was in Chicago. And what was the other one I thought you and I had in common? I was in... Um, New York, Buffalo, Houston... No, Providence, Sacramento. Tampa, West Palm Beach, and Miami. Yes, Tampa. Yes, well, yes, yes. Yes, yeah, so you are doing the Leslie Marshall. You're going back on my career tour. I, I, I love it. Well, I want to talk about your show that premieres tomorrow. I'm so glad we could get you in today before um, uh, this premieres tomorrow. This is a brand new series. It's an original series. Like I said, it's called Last Hope with Troy Dunn, a, a, appropriately entitled, being that you are the host. And and tell us what this is going to feature. I And you know I love this stuff. I got to know you from watching The Locator and from meeting you at Fox years ago. Uh, but tell us what this new original, brand new original series, Last Hope with Troy Dunn, is going to feature. Mm, that's right. We met in a Fox green room the first time. Um, yeah. So first of all, I am grateful that you're able to help me out here the day before our premiere too. I actually had to turn down the Today Show because I'm out shooting, and so you are my day before moment. <laughs> oh wow! Um, I'm I'm very honored that. and flattered. Uh, no, I'm grateful. Listen, I appreciate a good friend. So yeah. So listen, I have done this for 25 years, about the same time you've been playing this game, and um, I have. I feel like I've watched the world completely change out from under me. You know, when I started trying to find long-lost family members was 1990. And our super high-tech toys were microfish readers and a fax machine. And uh, now the entire world can do what we couldn't even do back then. You can sit down with Google and have access to more information than I would, would, would have dreamt of 25 years ago. So now what happens is the Internet hasn't actually made my life easier. It's made it more challenging because by the time somebody comes to me, and I still get almost a thousand emails a, a week, um, 
they have tried everything. They've Googled, they've Facebooked, they've Ancestry, they've done all the stuff they can do. So the cases have never been harder for us. And now we live in, I don't have to tell you this, but there's a lot of cynical people in the world. And so now, instead of people who back in the day would answer the phone and listen to me tell them who I am and that I grant wishes, now they hear three words and they decide I'm a credit agent or I'm a collection or I'm a sales and they hang up on me. So Last Hope is an attempt to take on the most difficult, unsolvable cases we've ever taken on. And, uh, and frankly, I guess I've been blessed over this quarter of a century to learn a few skills at helping people rebuild broken relationships. So we're taking on some of the most, um, that's a nice way to say it, damaged relationships. And that's, that's what we decided to do is to take on the ones that we used to avoid because we were just not sure how it would go or we just, we're taking them on. We're doing it. Uh, and I want to, so people, in case they missed last time when I had you on when you were hosting The Locator, are now going to be starting tomorrow this new series, Last Hope with Troy Dunn. What fuels you to do this? And, and I asked Troy, because if people watch The Locator, I saw your private plane. I know you're a dad of, correct me if I'm wrong, six. Am I correct in that? Six children? I think when you and I spoke last, I might have been, but I am a father of eight now. Oh, my God. <laughs> in fact, you should be careful how hard you hold on to this telephone or this microphone because i got special power. You can impregnate people by looking at them, right? Um, and and uh, so, so, in other words, you have a lot of models to feed. Eight now. Lordy, lordy, bless your wife. And she looks great. Um, and, and, and so do you. Not that your body gets uh, tampered with for that. Uh, but why, why, do, why does this matter to you? Why do missing persons uh, marry to you? matter to you and and say Freudian uh, matter to you and and you know you are a relationship expert and I want to talk about that in a minute let's start first why why missing persons and and why healing uh, people who have that hole in their heart looking for somebody why does that matter to you so much you know uh, Leslie it, it started very personal for me I'm first of all my life is way off track I never as a young boy thought you know I want to grow up and be the locator um, I was never on my to-do list. I didn't know there was such a thing, or maybe there wasn't. I don't know. But uh, but I did grow up with a mom who was adopted. I did grow up listening to her periodically throughout my childhood tell me how she had family out there somewhere. I did. And, and so I was already exposed to the fact that there were people who longed for someone else. And then I met a guy who was adopted, and uh, he told me how he found his birth family. And I said, oh, my gosh, could you help me help my mom? And he said, I don't know. I mean, I've only done it once, but let's try it. Well, it turned out all that stuff my mom had been putting in a shoebox for 20 years was quite a bit of information. So we sat down with that stuff and spread it out on a table uh, at a Denny's restaurant. And five and a half hours later, we had found my mom's mother. So I called my mom, and I said, Mom, are you sitting down? And she said, oh, Lord, what's wrong? I said, no, Mom, listen, nothing's wrong, but I'm holding a piece of paper with your mother's phone number on it. And it was real quiet for a second. And then all of a sudden, my mom just began to weep. And it was a weep like I've never heard come out of my mom. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little emotional myself at that moment. I hung up that call, and I thought, that's it. This is what I'm going to do. This guy, we can't be the only family who's missing somebody. And that was, you know, 25 years ago. And I, for whatever reason, I really am lousy at disconnecting, so it always feels personal. I can always feel the family's pain and... It's aging me quickly, but it, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. When it works out, it is such an emotional journey for me. 
In, so. in addition to uh, finding uh, missing persons, you, you are a relationship expert, you're a best-selling author, you're a motivational speaker, and you certainly uh, have the life not just with having eight children now um, uh, to talk about <laughs> this. Um, would you say, what is the, what would you say is the main reason people don't try to find each other yet yeah, I saw in your locator show oh, and I'm sure we're going to see some of this on last hope with Troy Dunn which starts tomorrow that there are people when many times you'll have a mother who's looking for the child they gave up and both parties wish they could find each other but sometimes they never set out to do the legwork mm-hmm. um, what what mm-hmm. is what is the apprehension why is there apprehension is there fear is it just life and time get in the way and time passes quickly is it they don't know how uh, is it they think it'll be enormously expensive what is it mm, that's a great question I think to an outsider you it would appear that somebody who's missing someone has learned to just live without them and they they've moved past it and it's it's you know let bygones be bygones <clears throat> To those individuals, I have learned that's never the case. There's always that little hole in their life, in their heart, whether they share it out loud with anybody or not. And I think the main reason that people hesitate is really fear. Fear of what they'll find, fear of will they be accepted or rejected again, fear of, of uh, you know, revisiting an old wound uh, in some cases. Because trust me, and you'll see this as you watch Last Hope, these aren't all adoption cases. I think there might only be one this season. I'm... I guess it's because I'm getting older. Uh, I'm finding that I'm a really big fan of redemption. I'm a huge believer in forgiveness. And, and of all the tools that I feel like I've gathered along the way to help people get through difficult relationship issues, I've yet to find one more powerful than forgiveness. I just can't find something that can, that can heal an old wound any quicker than forgiveness, both giving it and, and receiving it. So these stories this season are really focused mostly about hurt. And when you deal with something like that, their hesitation, going back to your question, is tremendous. Because when somebody hurts you, and I'm sure, Leslie, even in your beautiful, blessed life, there's been a time or two where somebody has hurt you. And for some people, that hurt, that hurt is significant. And for some people, it was repeated. And if you, somebody hurts you significantly, repeatedly, you can build a very substantial wall to protect yourself from being a hurt again, and nobody can reach you and hurt you. The problem is when you build a wall like that, nobody can reach you, period. So I think that's the hesitation. I just, if I could tell you one fast call I just had, it's not even an episode. Nobody else knows this. I'm sharing it just with you. But I just recently dealt with a case where a woman reached out to me and said, my son... 20-some years ago, at the Thanksgiving dinner table, got so upset with my husband. He was a 16-year-old kid. They got into an argument the way fathers and sons can do. He stormed out of the house, and he never came back. We've seen and heard stories of him periodically. We've tried everything. We've begged and pleaded. His best friends know where he's at. It would mean the world. The world does if he would come home. Please, if you ever find him, tell him his father says he's sorry for whatever happened. He doesn't even remember anymore. He just wants him home. I found that son. I called that son. He's a grown man now. He got all belligerent on the phone with me and started to hang up. And I forced everybody I call. I said, if you don't want me to call you again and you don't want me to call you repeatedly, then you have to write down my phone number and read it back to me. And then I'll hang up and never call you again. Then it's on you. And I did that. That guy, two years later, after he cussed me out, took my number and hung up on me, two years later calls me and he said, hey, bro, listen, uh, life's been rough. All I want right now is for my father to be back in my life. I feel like a loser. I sobered up. I'm cleaned up. You called me two years ago. I said, fine. 
That's amazing. Fantastic. Let me call you right back. I'm going to call your mom. I called his mom. This just happened. I called his mom. I said, you're not going to believe it. Your son called me after two years of last time. And she's like, oh, well, would you please tell him if he could be here by Thursday, he could attend his father's funeral. And that reality is what causes me to push people so hard to not put it off, to not be afraid. Because I'll tell you something, regret is one thing you really can't get back. I mean, once an opportunity is gone forever, it's gone forever. That's a, a very important point and a very powerful story as well as a, a powerful point for people uh, listening that, you know, want to get your help or, or know somebody. And it actually applies to perhaps most things in our life, not just, uh, you know, finding people that we want to uh, track down. You have had so many experiences, um, so many questions I have. One, have you ever been met with the child that wants to find that biological mother or father? I, I don't want to meet them or I don't want to know about them. That's a part of my past. It, I, I don't think, uh, and you tell me, obviously, you know, you would know. That's not the majority of the response, but it does happen from time to time, I would imagine. Mm. And there is there is an amazing episode of Last Hope that we just completed. And I don't want to give the ending away, but I will tell you that uh, I did have a child who wanted to find the biological mother who was a, terribly abused by the biological father. And at one point, the abuse became so bad, she disappeared and literally was gone forever. We never would ever found her, and it's been decades. And we located her. She has gone on to create a whole new life, new husband, new children, and nobody, and I mean nobody in her life, even knows that she had a previous life, had children and a husband. And... I can't even begin to tell you how intense those moments are because it, it was all shot. You know, we shoot our show documentary style, so the guys stay back, but it happens. It, it just as shot as it happens. I was, I convinced her that that uh, she had to make a difficult decision, which is to let her husband know so that she could reconnect with this child who's longed for her, or she has to tell me that she just wants to close this door forever, and I'll, I'll, I'll respect her wishes. We took a lot of back and forth, a lot of conversation. I, I, I don't want to completely spoil it, but I will tell you something. She had an extraordinary conversation with her husband. And I don't know if you could put yourself in that place, Leslie, but if your husband came home to you today and said, I once had a wife and children that you don't know about, <laughs> and that's I not, have to go that's see be, them. That, that, that's, I can't even put words to how difficult a conversation that would be. Yeah. To give, to and say, exactly and to hear. Gonna win. Yeah, and, and what the ramifications could be, because, you know, obviously there are ramifications to our choices uh, once they're revealed, if they were held in secret, whether it was in the, whether it was in hoping, uh, hoping filming Last Hope with Troy Dunn, or even from the locator, or things that maybe have not been broadcast, um, can you give us the maybe one of one of, and I'm sure there are many, your favorite uh, stories with what you do, connecting people who are looking for each other. Oof, that is a high bar, because you're right. I fall in love with these families, and every week you could ask me what your favorite was, and I'd probably tell you a different one. I, I think the one that stays close to my heart, I, you know, I, every morning, Leslie, when I go in and I fire up the computer and I open up my inbox, the first thing I see are the, these two or 300 of these emails from people, and a lot of them are dying wishes and things like that, medical emergencies. I got a call one time years ago from a hospital nurse who had seen me on television. Um, this goes back far enough that I think she actually saw me on Sally Jesse Raphael. And uh, they 
mom and dad had been in a car accident. Their little 11-year-old girl had been injured, needed a biological match. And, of course, these were the adoptive parents. We tracked down and found the birth mother in the middle of the night, four-something in the morning, woke her up. I said, I'm calling on behalf of the child you relinquished for adoption. She says, in the phone whispering, she says, oh, my gosh, I've never told my husband. I said, okay, that's all right. You can just say out loud, say, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number, and hang up on me. I'll never call you again. But before you do that, I need you to know she's been in an accident, and I don't know that she'll live without you. She rolled over, woke her husband. I'm on the phone the whole time. I hear her tell him. He says, go to her. They fly her down. They have a private plane waiting, standing by. They fly her to the hospital. She's greeted by the mother who's raised her baby for the first time. They, they quickly embrace, and then the, the procedure is immediately done. They move the birth mother to the other end of the hospital to recover for three days, and then they fly her home. And to this day, that little girl has no idea that while she slept, her birth mother flew in and saved her life. Oh, my God. I'm ch- like, I have goosebumps on my goosebumps right now. So those are the kinds of things that happen to me that give me no choice, that I have to keep doing this. I, I, Leslie, when you and I are 25 years from now, I'll still be doing this. I don't know whether it'll be on TV or not, but I'll still be doing it. Well, that's good because, you know, I'm going to employ your services one day. I told you that. <laughs> I think I told yeah. you that about my adopted yeah. son and his biological mom. If not for him, yeah. for me, just to thank her and let her know that he turned out wonderfully uh, healthy. Okay, and can I just say what a beautiful, I, I, that is such a beautiful gift to offer up to that woman who to this day has no idea if she did the right thing or not. And every day, especially on his birthday, wonders those things. What a gift you will give her. I, I agree. Last Hope with Troy Dunn is on tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern. I'm going to tell you all about how to watch it. Follow him on Twitter at The Locator. Go to the website, TroyTheLocator.com. I'll be tuning in. You should as well. Thank you, Troy. You know I love you. We'll be back after this. How you doing? I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Only true democracy in talk radio of, for, and by you. First up, I want to let you know and remind you that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance at geico.com. In the second half of this first hour of the program today, more than a pleasure to have back on the program, a man who I have had the honor to meet, the unfortunate position to speak after, (laughs) after he has spoken, a tough act to follow. And somebody who honestly, I have to say, I never see this guy rest. This guy constantly travels. He is working so hard. He believes in his job. He believes in what he does. He believes in the organization he is at the helm of as president. And he believes in you and me, the majority of this country, the working class the American worker. More than a pleasure to have back on the program, President James P. Hoffa, President of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. He has been on a mission to build the Teamsters Union into the strongest, most powerful voice in North America for working families like you and me, and he is well on his way to achieving his goal. Under his leadership, the Teamsters Union is winning industry-leading contracts, engaging in vigorous contract enforcement, and organizing the unorganized. More than a pleasure to back on the program, President James P. Hoffa. President Hoffa, good afternoon and welcome. Thank you, sir, for rejoining us. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for that great introduction. It's 
So great to be back on your show. We always enjoy seeing you. Uh, you spoke at our convention, and you were a big hit. Uh, you're just a pleasure to talk to. Uh, likewise, uh, likewise. President Hava, my kids love stickers, and they had so much fun putting all over my car and windows, and they should. Let's get America working, Teamster Strong, America Stronger. Uh, this is something that Americans need to hear about, and that's why we have you on the program today. But in addition to this, um, I love the fact that you guys are saying we ne- we need, with an election coming up, a big election, we need to hold our politicians responsible. There have to be priorities um, out there from those uh, campaigning. There have to be legislative priorities. And I, I love the fact that, you, you know, you guys always tell it like it is, and, and you don't, you know, you don't have all uh, 2,000 pages to explain it. This is simple, and this is how it has to be. Let's get America working. And politicians, many of them, have the power to do that. Some politicians out there running their mouth off have the power to do it already, and they should be doing that instead of running for president. Uh, but President Hoffa, let's talk about the Let's Get America Working Again program. Well, it's our new program. We The kickoff was the day after uh, Labor Day to hit the ground running with regard to Let's Get America Working. We've got a huge banner outside our beautiful building here in Washington advertising to all the public, build, maintain, repair. We want to get our infrastructure growing again. Everybody knows that America's infrastructure is falling apart. You know, our roads, our bridges, our tunnels, uh, everything's falling apart. And when I talk about our infrastructure, I mean roads and bridges, ports, airports, rails, energy grid, pipeline, wind, solar, water, and sewers. Uh, These are the things we're talking about. How do we get that going? Uh, We're falling behind. We spend less on it. And what's happening is we know how to do it. There are experts out there that know what's got to be done to make America great and to bring our infrastructure up to be the number one in the world. When you go to Germany, you go to Japan, everything there is spick and span because they spend more money of their, of their national growth or whatever they have. They spend a greater percentage on making sure that their roads and, and their trains and everything's in good shape. Here, we're falling behind. You know, here in the, out here in, in, in the Washington area, we have trains that run off the tracks. We have uh, trains that catch on fire. Trains that are shot at. I mean, you can't believe what happens. But this is part of getting our country going again. And most importantly, it puts a lot of people to work. We need a five-year project that's going to basically get a program going that's going to put millions of people to work as they build to rebuild America, to rebuild our roads, our bridges, our tunnels. We can't have these things falling down. So that's our plan. What's happened today is we had a press conference, uh, and we had the Secretary of Transportation uh, Fox there, and we had Haley Barber, who was a, the former uh, governor of Mississippi, and he's helping us. He believes in a strong infrastructure, and we're going to try and develop a bipartisan approach to go to Congress to say this is not about a Democratic road or a Republican road. These are American roads. Let's repair the roads. Let's repair the bridges. Let's repair everything that's got to be done to bring us into the 21st century. So that's what our project is. We're very proud of what we're doing. Uh, we're already talking to a lot of people on Capitol Hill. Uh, the Democrats are great. I mean, they believe in this. Uh, unfortunately, the Republicans, and I'm trying not to be partisan or whatever you want to say it, but they basically want smaller government. They want to lower taxes. They want to lower taxes on the rich people. We're going to need more money to get this done. And, and it's an investment in ourselves. You're investing in our country. It's like repairing your house, you know, keeping the roof strong on your house. 
uh, or reshingling your house or building that addition. That's what this is about. You're proud of your house. You're proud of making it stronger. And this is our country, and we've got to make sure it stays strong. So that's what this program's about. You know, we see bridges that have been 40, that are 42 years old. I was telling the story. I was uh, on the Ambassador Bridge that is between Detroit and Windsor, Ontario. It was built in 1929. 1929. And I'm on that bridge. Can you imagine what trucks and, and cars were like in 1929? You've seen those old black and white movies. Uh, you know, they didn't weigh a 1,000 pounds. Today, everything's bigger. Everything's heavier. I'm on that bridge, and I can feel it basically swinging back and forth, and I can see bolts and things that are rusted. That's the kind of thing we've got to repair and be proud of it. We know how to do it, but we need the money, and we need a program, and we need a bipartisan approach to this to make it done. We should be proud of it, not fighting about it. I, I agree. President Hoffa, when you mention, and, and once again, like you said, you're not trying to be partisan, but there is a reality. There's also a reality that a politician isn't just as good as their promises, but the promises they deliver on. Why would outsourcing millions of good-paying jobs overseas, as we have, at, that has led to lower paychecks, as it has, uh, not be beneficial to any politician? This is not, like you said, Democrat or Republican. This would be American. If you bring back jobs... And, and with addressing the infrastructure, numero uno, that is the creation of jobs, there would be higher paychecks, and people would say, bravo, not care what party you're part of, but they would vote for you. So, so to me, this would be a job saver for those out there that want to be the career politician and constantly be reelected, left or right. One, two, it would help the economy. You mentioned Germany. Look at the German economy uh, in doing this. The German economy is doing quite well. And, and then just at the end of the day, it's the right thing to do. America wants to be number one. Whatever happened to being number one within our own borders, with our own infrastructure, as an example. Well, I agree with you. It would seem that you're, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you would run about America. You would run about how do we keep good jobs here? How do we put people to work? How do we send our kids to college without having a hundred, dollars $200,000 debt? Uh, when you help and put kids to college, that's an investment in America. Whether they're going to be teachers or engineers, it makes our country stronger to have educated young people. You don't want to have some kid go to school and have a $100,000 debt hanging over his head. My God, I can't imagine how horrible that would be. With such pressure on you uh, as you're trying to raise a family and get your career started. But I don't know why and you don't have more people saying, let's, let's basically put people here. Let's make uh, companies invest in America. Let's not send jobs to Mexico and to the Philippines. Let's have jobs here so people, when they grow up, have hope that there's a place to work, a good place to work, with a good job, with health care and pension, and a wage that you can have and be support a family on. Thousands, thousands of jobs. I mean, because we're not just talking, people think infrastructure, they think roads and bridges. Yeah, there's transportation, there are roads, bridges, transportation, energy, water projects, all a part of our infrastructure. Yes, you improve roads and bridges, uh, but there are ports, other infrastructures. The bottom line is, you know, this comes full circle. This is a win-win-win-win because there are jobs created. It, it helps the average family who may be struggling, who are working or need more work or better work, like you said, with benefits, a good union job. But in addition, it's going to help businesses improve, and that overall improves the U.S. economy. And who doesn't want a better and stronger economy, regardless of your ideology? Well, think about it. We've been talking. We've talked to the Chamber of Commerce, and incredibly, the Chamber of Commerce, with all a lot of their right-wing ideas, wants better roads, wants better ports, because their job is to get their products out. And whatever their politics are, there's a practicality. If we don't have top roads and we don't have top ports and we don't have top bridges, the very best, that helps them 
make money. To, you know, you make a product, you want to get it to there, you want trucks to take it to the ports, you want to get it on a ship, you want to export it, you want to make money. That's what it's from their own selfish interest. They should be interested in this project to say basically, hey, we got to get these roads fixed so I can get my products to, to market. And when we look at polls, President Hoffa, American people say that this is the lowest approval rating Congress has ever had. This is a do-nothing Congress. There was a time when an infrastructure was not, and it should not be, a partisan issue. So, I mean, quite frankly, if you have both parties, you break the gridlock. That could improve the reputation of Congress, increase their likability in the polls. There's another win, even if uh, for their own game. But let's talk about that. There was a time this wasn't political. Uh, why has it become so political? And and I think with a project such as Let's Get America Working, uh, that you, like you said, build, maintain, and repair, that we can get it back to a time of a necessity or move forward uh, looking back to a time of when it's a necessity, not a political agenda item. We've got to change this atmosphere here because the atmosphere is to basically not let, you know, let's say President Obama is the president right now. Let's not make it so he has any success. That's their idea. That's how small they think. They don't think it's beyond Obama. It's about our country. It's about, you know, it, you know whether we have a good infrastructure has nothing to do with Barack Obama. It has to do with basically leadership, that they should take pride and say, we, the Congress, whether we're Democrat or Republican, pass this bill to rebuild our roads. And they should, they should get up and say, and we'll cheer them on. Thank God you did that. But instead of that, they have a narrow approach to say, oh, we don't want him to look good. We don't want him to get this bill passed. And they think that's a victory. That's the kind of politics that they're playing here today. And remember, Mitch McConnell said, my job is to make you fail. Right. He said that about president. That's a horrible thing, because when the president of the United States, whether he's a Republican or a Democrat, when he fails, we all fail. He's our president. However he got there, and we've got to make sure that we have a program that makes number one, the United States number one. Yeah, and you would think, I mean, that's one thing we Americans are good at, wanting to be number one and being number, number one. Number one, and, boy, it's so simple. Yeah, I, I mean, who who wants to be anything else but number one, especially uh, as Americans and with our background? You mentioned two names that I want to uh, mention again. U.S. Transportation Department Secretary Anthony Fox, who is a Democrat. You also mentioned former Mississippi Governor Haley Barber, who is a Republican. Uh, and we've talked about how this needs to be a bipartisan effort. Um, is having former Mississippi Governor Haley Barber a Republican helpful, and are some of those minds being changed with this Let's Get America Working program from the Teamsters and with, and with you pushing as well, President Hoffa, along with these two people from different parties? Well, that's what we were trying to do today, to, to have people like Haley Barber, to have people like uh, Secretary Fox, to say that basically, look, that's bipartisan. They believe in doing this together. And we're also talking to other congressmen, Republicans out there, who also share our view. Unfortunately, there's not enough of them. And the leadership basically has this narrow-minded way of basically saying, well, we don't want Obama to have a victory. We don't want him to have a five-year plan, because then he can take credit for it. Well, who thinks like that? This is just work. This is what you should be doing. This is why people send you to Congress to do things like this. So we have to have an energy bill. We have to have this. We have to have an infrastructure bill. These are things that we expect you to do, whether you're a Republican or Democrat. That's what you're expected to do. And hopefully today, uh, with Haley Barber and Secretary Fox, that's a beginning. It's a symbolism of what we can do. And, and uh, you know, uh, uh, Governor, Governor uh, 
Barbara said a number of times, he said, when I was governor, we went, we worked on highways because we realized how important it is for a rural state like this to have good highways so that we can bring our state into the 21st century. He says, I know how important roads are. I know how important infrastructure is in my state, and I work very hard on it, and we should be doing it nationally. We also need to have a highway bill more than two years in duration. I mean, we shouldn't have to, as a nation, hold our breath, and Congress shouldn't have to uh, be passing or, you know, arguing over or trying to block, as so many do, uh, new bills every two years. That's ridiculous, looking at the amount of damage, the amount of repair and replacement of bridges alone that's needed in this nation. Well, you can't build a bridge in two years. I mean, you can't build a huge highway that runs hundreds of miles in two years. You've got to have a five-year program where you can map out, these are the projects we're going to do. I mean, the brains are there to do this. There are people today that can build bridges. They're building, the few bridges they're building are modern. and I mean, they look different. They're completely new technology. And you see that. And, and that's what we need. That's why we need a five- and six-year program. And that goes beyond his term. We shouldn't be talking about terms. Because fixing your roads has nothing to do with who's in office. It's about our roads and about our bridges and our tunnels all being strong and safe so people can use them, which makes our country more productive. Uh, Absolutely. And um, uh, lastly, because we want to be number one, Americans should be put as number one and sending jobs overseas when you could create thousands of jobs and address our badly needed of repair and replacement infrastructure in this country. That should be number one on the minds of our legislators, left or right, in putting Americans and the American worker first. Yes, President Hoffa? Absolutely. That's got to be our plan. That is our plan. That's why we've got this going. I'm excited about doing it. Okay, thank you, President Hoffa, President James P. Hoffa, President of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. Check it out, folks. Let's get America working. I don't think any of us can disagree with that. Not any of us. I mean, we can buy the American-made products that we can find. We can do so much as consumers, but we need our legislators to pass bills. We need our legislators to provide funding. And once we have that, then jobs will be created and we'll be better off as a nation for it. Our economy will be better and, heck, our roads and bridges will be. And, of course, more importantly, the American family will be because the American worker will have their paycheck here and not paid to someone overseas. And they'll have their health care. They'll have everything that they need as self Someone helping to rebuild America, to build, maintain, and repair this nation, as President Hoffa said. I'm Leslie Marshall. When we come back, Talk Radio News Service joins us. Go to the Teamster website, teamster.org, and follow them on Twitter, at Teamsters. Once again, that was President James P. Hoffa, President of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. Quick break, and we'll be back live with an update from Talk Radio News Service from our nation's capital right after this. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that underdeliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery.